in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast powered by Guns Up Nation. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And today we are talking women's basketball. That's right. It is basketball season. Don't got to worry about the men's side anymore uh, or football really anymore. Still got to worry about the men's side. We ain't got to worry about football anymore um, because, God, we just we need something else to take our minds off of the football team. So uh, the women are going to do it. All right. The women are going to be the ones to take our minds off of it. A pretty interesting offseason this past offseason. And so to help me introduce the women on here, we have, I know we've talked about her quite a bit on this podcast, our graphics superstar, graphics extraordinaire. She's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, but Kenzie Garcia is on the pod and she will be with me talking women's basketball this year. What's going on, Kenzie? What is up, Albie? I'm super excited for this. I'd like to consider myself kind of Tech Twitter's resident women's sports bruiser. So I'm just going to show up and pump women's sports, and I'm happy to get on the pod and finally talk some women's basketball. That's right. And it's gl- I'm glad to have you on because every time – like we've we've inherited a curse talking soccer and volleyball, so we can't have that curse continue over to the basketball <laughs> side. Like every Actually, for volleyball, it's been a good curse. Anytime I talk crap about the volleyball team, they win a game, right? So it's been a positive for real. Note, note on that side. So I'm just not going to say anything positive about them because uh, they only they only they feed off of my negativity. So I respect that. I like that. Um, but uh, the I you know women's basketball team I've always I've always been fond of. I was one of the few people that were in games watching Brittany Griner beat up on our team, literally and figuratively. Um, I was there when we rushed the court against them in what, that 2012. Uh, so I've been watching this team for a while. And last year, despite the turbulent year that they had, they fought. They fought in a lot of games. They were much better than expected. What did you think about their team, the team last year? I think it was tough. I mean, you have Vivian Gray, who's obviously the this, this superstar, but there was a lot of attrition. I mean, midseason attrition and just ups and downs. And I think you saw some positives. And I think that attrition really hurt them along the way. And I think this year is kind of almost a do-over. I think this is a good opportunity for this this younger core and this small veteran core, it's very small, to, to get a chance to actually to play a full season, to play a season where they feel like they can play Coach Gerlich's game. So I'm excited to see what kind of what's left from last year can grow into this year. This is also Coach Gerlich's first full offseason. Remember, she kind of got thrown into the middle of the offseason last year amidst all the turmoil that was going on with the, you know, I don't even want to get into it, but that, that whole situation. So she kind of got thrown into it, and she is the – this is really going to see how just how good of a coach she is. I like the way that you said that it was kind of a uh, um, a throwaway. This is really her first real season, and it reminds me a lot. So her tenure at UT Arlington, she was 4-25 and that first year. And if I was a, U, a Mavericks fan, I'd probably be pretty pissed at Krista uh, Gerlich before her second year when she was 17 and 13. So that kind of gives you some positives about her and the coaching staff. Uh, also, if you've watched any of the videos, this team seems to be a lot more together. A lot more fun seems to be happening. Uh, so what is your initial reaction for this team as a whole? Well, you know, I think that it, it's, it's going to be a tight race. I think the back half of the conference – kind of is not far apart. I mean, in the media poll, they were six points apart, and Oklahoma was really not that uncatchable in fifth. So 
I think there's a lot of room for jockeying. I think there's a lot of question marks that that tech has to answer. So I respect the media picking them in a tie with Kansas State. I get it. So I think there's just going to be a lot that they have to prove. And I think they're going to be able to prove it. And like I said, I think the stability and like you just said, they seem like the funnest team in Lubbock right now. Like they look like the funnest team on campus. So I'm kind of excited to just see what they can bring to the table. So I and I, I didn't put this in our in our uh, agenda for today, but I do want to know what do you think as far as what can we expect this coaching staff style to be going into this season? Right, we saw a lot of kind of methodical, slow it down, break it up uh, offense last year. Are we going to see a little bit more of that, especially working through Vivian Gray, who is last year was already the best player on the team, now is far and away the best player on the team? Are we going to get to see us go more up and down the court this year? I'm kind of interested in that because. I guess you just don't really know. I think there's kind of some question marks you have to answer with what are we going to get out of Hattie Faye? She took some huge steps forward underneath. We might be able to work through her. Taylor Thomas is somebody else I have questions about. She played center at Arkansas, but she's moving to more of a stretch four. Coach Gerlich says she can score at all three levels. So I don't really know. I mean, I think there's a bit of a new identity we might see from this team just based on all these transfers. So you've kind of already got into it. What what are you looking at when it comes to the starting rotation? I really think that I like I like Hattie Faye, obviously at center. I think Ella Tofiano, I think she's she's gonna get some minutes, but I don't think she's gonna she's gonna take her spot at all. Um I like Taylor Thomas, Vivian Gray, Brianber Scott, I think is gonna be we'll get into her later, but I think she's gonna be a huge piece to this puzzle. And really in that last guard spot. I think it's kind of a an open race. I think Riley McKinney, you know, coming from SMU, she's young, but she's played to get well against some higher talent, some P5 talent. And then you have Lexi Hightower from West Texas A&M, who she is two-time conference player of the year. She scores a ton. I mean, it's kind of a a race to see who gets that last spot. Yeah, Lexi Hightower puts the ball in the basket, right? <laughs> she, oh, yeah. She, she, she can put the ball in the basket. I do think it's a big jump going from kind of that lower level up to now the Big 12, which the Big 12 is a pretty tough conference. Uh, but no mention of Bryn Gerlich. I actually think Bryn Gerlich is going to have a pretty big year, uh, mostly because everybody that got more playing time than her last year is gone, with the exception of Vivian Gray. That's true, uh, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I think Bryn Gerlich, I actually see her as a starter. Um, I mean, Vivian Gray, like I said, far and away the best player on the team. I, I see her playing uh, in the WNBA. And so I, I think we're going to see a lot through her. I, actually, funny enough, on the roster, they have her listed as a guard which a 6'1 guard is pretty amazing in itself. <laughs> um, so no kidding. But, but, uh, so that kind of tells me that maybe we're not going to see her on the block as much as we saw last year. Last year, she was on the block quite a bit. So does that mean I, I could easily see her taking the role that Lexi Gordon had last year? Who She was a six-foot guard last year, right? So Lexi Gordon, who was my favorite player on the team last year, she's gone, unfortunately. Um, uh, Kristen Carr, another one of my favorites, gone, unfortunately. Uh, so I think that I think that's where Bryn Gross kind of fits in. You kind of brought up uh, Taylor Thomas. I think that she's going to be a really big piece. And she kind of, if I'm if I'm looking at Vivian Gray and saying that she kind of moves into Lexi Gordon role, I think Taylor Thompson or Taylor Thomas kind of fits in where Vivian Gray was last year. And we see her on the block a lot. We saw a little bit uh, with Arkansas last year. Um, Hattie Faye is a very frustrating player, <laughs> but I do think that her development, I think she gets better, right? 
She is. We are, we already talked about it on the the Big Twelve conference preview. Uh, but Africans, are, we're, we're good at defense. That's what we're known for. And that don't change on the women's side either, right? So Hattie Faye can play some defense, right? She don't know nothing else. She don't get those hand those uh, hands straight up, block some shots, get some rebounds, and I respect that. Um, so w- one thing I do I will say about this team, though, there's a lot of new pieces. There is a lot of veteran leadership, and I think that's where one player that I want to bring up. Tayton Weidenheimer, coming from Oklahoma, didn't get got. It, it was kind of weird. She got a lot of playing time. She was a starter, but the average like three points a game. I, I can't explain it. She's basically just out there doing cardio. But her leadership on the floor, she's like a coach on the court, and it's a big reason why you see her in almost all of the the tech media. Anytime you see a Twitter video, she's on it because she's the one diving on the floor. She's the one going after things. I don't think she's good enough to be a starter, to be honest. But I do think she's going to get a lot of playing time because of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really curious what what she's going to bring. I mean, she like you said, she was largely, you know, she was non-impact at Oklahoma, but I read that Coach Gerlich described her as as all gas, no breaks. And I think that that's Fact. kind of perfect. Every <laughs> locker room needs a glue girl or a glue guy. They need that person. But also, I'm just kind of curious to see if they unleash her on the floor. Like, what's going to happen? She She's that person that I feel like you have her play. The other team's like, oh, she ain't going to do nothing. And then they, she just wears you out the whole game. You're like, oh, my God, who is this? All gas, no breaks is a perfect way to describe her. I mean, she is just an energizer bunny that just keeps going and going and going. And she ain't going – like I said, she's just out there getting cardio. She's not going to really put up points. She's not going to get assists. not going to get rebounds. Not going to do anything that shows up on the stat sheet. But at the end of the day, you're going to say, dang, Weidenheimer was everywhere. Legitimately everywhere. So – uh, we kind of talked a little bit about who we think is going to get rotations. There is a lot of depth on this team, but a lot, not a lot of ex- like, I don't know how to explain it. There's a lot of experience as far as been on the uh, played basketball for a while, but not a lot of experience when it comes to minutes played. And so, what do we, as far as when it comes to the depth on this team, who do you think gets the amount of minutes? Not just the five starters you mentioned, but who do you think gets the remaining minutes? Is it those players that maybe haven't gotten as many minutes previously? Or are these players that you think veteran come in like Weidenheimer? You know, I'm 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 not sure. I think that I think that you have some proven players in, you know, Alexi Hightower or Riley McKinney that they played a lot of minutes. They're used to being on the floor. They're aver- they're both averaging, you know, Riley is close to ten points. Mm-hmm. Lexi is oh, well over ten points. I think those are players that can get on the floor, that can get some minutes, eat some eat some points up. Other than that, I mean, I think it's it's just going to be interesting from a defensive standpoint, who's going to be the best defenders. I think we know where the points are coming from this year. I think it's going to kind of depend on who plays the best defense. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I You know what's funny is this women's team is, I think, in my opinion, set up a lot like the men's side. Right, so a lot of people listening to the podcast are going to be very familiar with how, how Coach Mark Adams has gone out and recruited the men's side of, of lengthy guys, full motor guys on defense, but also a few lower level guys can put the ball in the basket. A lot of that is very similar on the women's side too. We haven't even really got into Bramber Scott. She put up 18 points a game at Little Rock last year. Like she's talking about putting the ball in the basket. We're talking about Lexi Hightower. Bramber and also Bramber's quick. You you look at her on the court and you think, well, she's a little bit taller. She can't be that, you know, that fast. She gets up and down the court like crazy. You know? And so I I actually she's somebody that I think I don't know if she's gonna start or not. But if she doesn't, I could easily see quick six six woman of the year impact where it's the first one off the bench. Hey, we need quick buckets. We're down. And let's be honest, it seems going to be down quite a bit. So we're down in this game. 
Bramber, get off the bench. We we need we need some instant points. And she's somebody that I think of. You brought up Riley McKinney. I think she's another one that she came from SMU that I think is going to get be able to put ball in the basket as well. Um, but that like I could easily see a situation where Scott Hightower McKinney is that instant offense off the bench where they're just consistently going after it. Um, so one thing I do want to talk about, we talked about Hattie Faye a little bit as the center. Uh, how much playing time do you see Lana Wenger getting? She's another big, I mean, Everless is a forward, but she, I mean, she's a big old gal. She's 6'4". She's she's going to be in the post as well. Does that, she's she the primary backup to Hattie Faye or is kind of Hattie Faye out there on an island as the, as the lone center? You know, I, I kind of think that Hattie Faye is going to be who they look for early on. I think that at the end of the season last year, she really heated up in conference. She had that 20.14 rebound game against Kansas State, and that was kind of like, that came out of okay, here we go. Like, <laughs> that, that's what we need. That came so, out of nowhere. I'll tell, right. I'll tell you. And yeah. I think that it, it's going to be who who makes the – I think, you know, there's going to be some some minutes for, for Ella and, and the others, and I think it just depends who plays the best defensively. You know, we're not going to we're not going to get a lot of points out of center. That's probably not going to be our game, especially with them out on the floor. It's just going to come down to defense. Do we see any freshmen really playing in this get in this year? Like we I mean there's a few freshmen. Uh Shantae Embry is one of them. Uh we kind of already talked about Wenger. Uh um Saga Ukanen from from Finland is another, but do we see them really playing this year or is this all going to be the vets? I think you're, you're going to lean more towards the vets. I think unless you start to see injuries pile up, they're just kind of riding in the back seat right now. I just think that the, you know, the, the shooters you're bringing in and, and with, you know, Riley being a freshman, I mean, she, she's going to get minutes. And so you're, you're already behind her. I think it's, it's going to take some, some blowouts or some injuries or some sort of extenuating circumstances to really get them involved. And so and I, I, that actually, is one of the reasons I think that the uh, media is kind of sleeping on this team. Shantae Embry is one of the top recruits that Tech has gotten in a while. She's from high school. And we're kind of talking here, and I agree with you in the fact that I don't know how much playing time she's going to get. There's a lot of people ahead of her. Right? I look at it and I'm saying, I, I look at Embry, and she's a beast. Don't get me wrong. I saw some of her tape from, from uh, uh, out of Oklahoma. And, but I look at her and say, well, I don't see how you get to play against Taylor Thomas. And I don't say you get to play against Vivian Gray, and and I really don't see how you get to play ahead of Bramber Scott. Uh, um, it's going to be really tough for her to get playing time, even though again you're one of the biggest recruits the the women's team has ever had. Um, so that kind of talks about the talents on this team. I mean, you I, 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 that's my fault, and you brought her up, but I haven't even talked about Alatofaeno, or I can't even say the name correctly. As if everybody's listening on uh, the Turkey's and Takes <laughs> podcast knows, I struggle. With last names, but Tofaino, am I saying that? I'm saying that right, right? It was no? Tofaino? Tofa, uh, Ella. Tofaino. Ella. Uh, I, Ella. Our girl Ella. Ella T. Ella T. <laughs> All right. Um, I haven't even talked about her, and she's a beast in herself. Yeah, I mean, I think she brings size and strength, which is which is great, and also a high shooting percentage. She didn't really play that much at AM, so, you know, a shooting percentage is going to be high when you're in, in garbage time, but. She was outstanding at Midland College. She was really, really good. So it's it's kind of a, a low-risk, high-reward type situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into the Big 12 uh, power rankings a little bit. So we kind of talked about what the media thought. Media went out, and they kind of gave their predictions when it came to this team. 
as you mentioned, they had Texas Tech tied for eighth in the conference with Kansas State. Uh, it all it kind of all started, and you just tell me if you agree with this or not. Uh, they had Baylor as the number one team in the conference. I don't see how the three people who didn't pick Baylor didn't pick Baylor. To me, Baylor is far and away the best team in the conference, and they're going to be the best team in the conference for a long time. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, Texas got two votes over Iowa State's one, and Iowa State's probably got a first-round WNBA draft pick. So I'm, I am i don't really buy into what that's, whatever they were doing, but Baylor, they're a clear favorite, in my opinion. That just tells you Texas bias goes over all sports. It, it, it doesn't does. matter. And it's terrible. <laughs> it's, it's awful. Like this, and don't be wrong, Texas does have a pretty good women's basketball program. I'm not trying to knock them, knock them, but they're not better than the two teams ahead of them. They're not better than Iowa State. And that, that first-place vote's the only reason why – Texas is even tied with Iowa State in the preseason poll that Big 12 put out. But uh, they're not, definitely not better than Baylor. Baylor. Baylor is a legit national championship contender. Even though the only, I think the only reason why they're kind of being held back is because they have a first-year head coach. But he, the, here's a secret. Their head coach this year might be better than the head coach they've had previously. Right? Like, they might have actually upgraded in coaching. And it's, it's I know that's crazy to say, um, but I am, me personally, I am a big fan of uh, uh, Nikki Collin. She's, or yeah, Nick, sorry, a big fan of Nikki Collin. She came from the Atlanta Dream. Um, she ha- brings that experience of the league, of the WNBA, of how good she already was, and she's bringing it to Baylor. And she's, I mean, she was the one that I tweeted about how she was talking about how Lady Bears, why the hell are we calling us Lady Bears? We're all Bears. I was like, yes, <laughs> I respect that. Her players already love her, right? And, I, and she is, I think that she's really, Baylor's here to stay. I'm sorry. If you, if you were hoping that, that the, the switching coaching staffs would bring Baylor down. It's, if anything, it might even rise them up even more. Um, so Baylor is here to stay. Uh, Texas is about to leave anyway, so forget them. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's it's no question that Baylor is number one and Iowa State's number two. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of I, – I mean, it, it pretty much one through four, I'm all in on. I think that's right. So Five yeah, through ten – so Baylor, kind of, Iowa State, Texas, West Virginia. I, you know what's fun? I is is Texas better than West Virginia? Like I, I don't know. I like West Virginia a lot. They did lose, and, I, and I'm forgetting her name right now. But she just did go to the WNBA. She was a top ten pick. Um, but uh, they did lose her. Hold on, now I got to look her up. But I think they, it's uh, Kaitri Gondrzejk. I think that yes, Gondrzejk. There we go. Yeah. I was and also and also as I was saying is I was like this is a name I'm not gonna be able to pronounce anyway. So why am I even gonna try to look it up? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they lost her. She was a first-round pick. But that team is still bringing back virtually everybody else. So I'm not too sure Texas is even better than West Virginia. But I do agree that's the top four teams. Yeah, I mean, I think the the five through ten race. I mean, Kansas, I don't right. think they'll probably come too far off the line. But Kansas I think everybody is, else has Kansas a Kansas is – they have men's basketball, and they literally don't have anything else. I think I people know. just assume that they're just bad in football, and that's it. No, everyone. They're bad at everything. But men's basketball, who they go after it. <laughs> but outside of that, yeah, no, women's bad. It is shocking because usually, when you're you're good at men's basketball, you're usually also pretty good. Like Duke, for example, their their women's basketball program has been strong off the strength of the fact that they have a really good men's team. UConn is the opposite. Their men's team has consistently been good off the strength. They have a really good women's team. Right, same with Tennessee. Uh, but Kansas, not nah, not at all. No. Unfortunately, they really don't invest any money into the women's program. Um, so they're, they're dead as doornails, but I do, I agree with you in the fact that from five to eight, five or five to nine, I should say, which is Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma state, Kansas state, Texas tech. It's a, it's a, it's a toss up. And because it's a toss up, 
that means if Texas Tech can find their way to the head of that pack, they may have a postseason in the future. Yeah, that's that's going to be the biggest the biggest question to answer this year is can you take advantage of those games, that back half of the conference? Can you take care of business? Because you control your own fate. You're probably not going to beat those top four teams. You might get an upset in there, maybe. But it's really that group that you're with, you have to beat them. Well, luckily, I, I, think, I think the thing is that nobody really knows how good or bad Tech's going to be, right? This team is so different. So like, There's so many different players on this team. Nobody else, with the exception of Vivian Gray, was taken to a preseason All-Big 12 or even an honorable mention team. And I think the main reason for that is nobody knows how good or bad anybody will be, including us. Like I, We just kind of went through everybody on this roster and we're like, we, I, you know, we think Bramber Scott could be pretty big. We think Bryn Gurley could be pretty big. Heidi Faye could have a big year. Taylor Thomas could have a big year. But we're also saying what we what we think could potentially happen. We don't know simply because you're putting you're putting this jumbled mess all together and saying, Coach Gurley, can you figure it out? And we and we still don't really know about her either. So it's yeah, a lot it, of it, It's going to be interesting. Yeah, a lot of a lot of question marks here. So, but let's let's get to some predictions. Who, I mean, all right, so the obvious question, and I put it on our our, our pod of who the MVP is going to be. That's, all right, I, I feel like I shouldn't have said that um, because it's going to be Vivian Gray, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I I made my MVP pick in, with no, knowing in my mind that Vivian Gray was going to be the unanimous MVP. <laughs> yeah. So I picked another one. Who's going to be MVP number two? All right, I was just about to ask. See, you're already prepared. I even, I was about to throw it to you. All right, who is... Who do you have as her Robin, the Robin to her Batman? I really think that Brianber Scott is going to be that person. I think she's going to be the person that brings a spark in scoring. I think she's going to be a person that we can go to late in games to get a bucket. I think that Coach Garlic was really looking for somebody who could take the pressure off of Vivian. I mean, if you watched any games last year in the final like three or four minutes of games, Vivian was dragging. Like she could barely get up and down the court and, you know, sometimes she would win games and sometimes she wouldn't. But if she had somebody there who could get that late bucket with her, could have games have gone in a different direction. So I think Bree Amber is going to be a big time piece and she's going to help. I think she will be the one to kind of guide how far this team can go. So I'm, I, I look at some of the, some of the ladies that have joined this team from other big programs. We talked about Ella T uh, we talked about um, uh, Tate and Fittenheimer and Taylor and Taylor Thomas. All three of them, what they all have in common is they're coming from big pro- bigger programs or, or power co- programs with limited stats. Who's going to take that step in their junior or senior year to really blossom as a player? And I think it's going to, and I've already talked about it a few times, so kind of already buried the lead earlier in this episode, but Taylor Thomas. I actually think Taylor Thomas kind of takes the role that Vivian Gray had last year on the block. And, and we start seeing... <clears throat> especially if we have a similar offense what we have last year where it's a little bit slower, more methodical, we start seeing Taylor Thomas get the ball and go to work. I I, I agree with you a lot in Bramber Scott and being that guard up at the top, that, and especially because how fast she is, really pushing, the, pushing it. But I think that when it comes to the end of games, having somebody on the block that can also say, all right, they're doubling Vivian, let me pass it to Taylor, I think Taylor takes that lead and, and goes off. And I think one of the reasons why she came to Tech was so she could be that person. And um, yeah, I I got Taylor Thomas as, as the as that person, but Bram, I mean, I'm probably Bramber Scott is I think just as easy the right answer there as well. Like I said, 18 points a game from Little Rock, she can put the ball in the hoop. Um, but and so that's that's in itself going to be a pretty big, a pretty big addition. So 
Is there anybody? So Vivian Gray not only is the MVP of this team, but also likely to be first team All Big Twelve. Is there anybody else we see at the end of the year? Is it Brian Briscott or anyone that makes a Big Twelve team or an honorable mention? You know, I think I again, I think I keep leaning on Brian Briscott, but also you you were talking about Taylor Thomas. I think she she has a good opportunity to make that kind of impact and potentially get a postseason award. I think that she this is going to be a good opportunity for her to, to showcase her athleticism. I mean, like, like we said earlier, coach Gerlich said she can score at all three levels, but she's never gotten a chance to do that. She's always been kind of relied on to just get rebounds and be physical. And I'm, I'm curious to see what, you know, what she can provide and if she really clicks. And like you said, if she turns into this MVP, I think she's kind of unanimously the choice for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, what is the record for the Texas Tech women's basketball team this year? Uh, this is such a hard thing to pick because you just it's it's going to be so difficult. I think they have a high ceiling, but I think the floor can be really low. I think if everything goes right, it, it could be eighteen and twelve. That's with everything Ooh. clicking, everyone contributing. That's a high end. But you heard it here more, first. Eighteen and twelve. Women's national championship game whoa, whoa, from Kenzie. Oh, hey, you're a wild one. My follow-up statement was going to be more realistically, it's going to be 14 to 16 wins. So I'll put my own brakes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this team. So last year they were 10 and 15 um, in a COVID shortened season. I think this team will be average, very, very average, uh, which does come out to about 16 wins, I believe. Uh, comes out to about 16 wins, and, I, and that's that's an improvement, right? Last going from uh, what was it, if, uh, a 40 percent win percentage, and now you you bump it up a little bit, right? Um, I, I think this team is going to be very average. One thing I will say is I don't think so. Last year they they finished what was it seventh in con or sorry, yeah, no, they finished seventh in conference last year. I think they stay that same place. I think the difference is, or actually, no, I say the best. I think they finished sixth in conference, which gets them right to that 500 mark. I think the difference becomes is that I don't think TCU passed them up. I don't think Kansas State passes them up. I think the question becomes, does are they able to pass up a, whether it's an Oklahoma? Probably not, but maybe an Oklahoma State. I think that is likely for them to be able to pass them up. But I do think they're going to be a sixth, seventh team in the Big 12 and come out roughly to about a 500 record. And, and really build on this. I think this is the team that builds the foundation for Coach Gerlich for the future, right? She already started off with getting a great recruit in Embry. And does that continue uh, going forward? I think you this season kind of sets the standard like it does for the men's team. This team this season definitely sets the standard. So with that, you have, with you having them, I think we kind of have roughly the same record. Do they have a postseason? Is it, it won't be the NCAA tournament, but is there a WNIT? Or even I think it's a, a WCBI, I believe is. The other tournament going on? I think it's 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 gonna be I'll say this. I saw at Big Twelve Media Days that, that Vivian Gray said she wants to play in an NCAA tournament. She's done it all. She wants to play in an NCAA tournament. And right now the early bracketology has Oklahoma as a last four team in. So it, you're saying you have to finish in fifth and you might be a last four in. So you're gonna have to get 11 10 conference wins and they have the opportunity to build a resume they've got georgia lsu and Ole miss on the schedule all three of those teams who should be in the ncaa tournament that's a good chance i think 
if you can take care of business against the back half of the conference, maybe, maybe an NCAA tournament. But I do think with these these resume building games, if they can get one against Georgia, LSU, Ole Miss, I think they it's a WNIT for sure. Yeah, you know, Kenzie, I like your optimism. I like that. I will say this, Vivian. If you wanted to go to the NCAA tournament, you probably should have thought about a different squad. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't see it. I, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, like you said, Oklahoma is the last four out as the number five team. I don't think we're going to be better than Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I think, that, though that top four solidified, I'd even argue that Oklahoma is much better than the other, the bottom five of the conference. Um, it's it's going to be an uphill climb. But I do, I will say this. I think Texas Tech has more variance than almost any other team because of all the new pieces that have been put in place. But we lost a lot of talent coming from last year's team. And I, I don't want to, like, you know, skip over that. Like, we, we lost a lot. Of good players, we lost. I mean, Lexi Gordon, Chrislin, or Lexi Gordon, Chrislin Carr, Andrea Adams. Like we lost a lot of very good players, and um, it's it's hard to just replicate that production. I think if we were able to keep Gordon and Carr, but they, we're, we're talking about a completely different team. We're talking about a completely oh for sure situation. And and then I'm saying, well, maybe NCAA tournaments in our future. Um, but I think just re- replicating that is going to be so incredibly tough that I don't even know if the WNIT is in our future. I just think that this is really a season to set a foundation. And then next year, <laughs> maybe we have a situation where we're going to the WNIT or, or, or the NCAA tournament. But uh, this year is just really, this year reminds me a lot of um, switching over to the men's side. If you remember the year before Tubby Smith brought the men to the NCAA tournament, they had a team that was just upsetting folk. Remember they brought uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins and, and, um, they, what, they took Andrew Wiggins and Joel Embiid to like the final shot. Like they were a team that wasn't any good, but they were fighting in every game. They were fighting, and Tubby Smith had the team fighting, and they were up. They upset a few teams. That's kind of what I see from this team. Like they set setting the foundation of what Coach Gerlich wants. So Coach Gerlich now in her second year, first year was kind of a throwaway where she would just you know let's let's get everybody away from the toxicity that was previously there. This is where you set the foundation, and then you kind of take off starting next year. Um, but unfortunately, when you set the foundation, that means that, sorry, guys, you're probably going to lose some games that you wish you couldn't have. Uh, but hey, Vivian Gray can be our Pat Mahomes in the WNBA. Somebody yeah, was, exactly. Somebody who was at Tech, lost a lot, and then went off to future success. Yeah, in my heart, I, I am a Texas Tech fan. So as much optimism as, as I am pumping, I am a natural pessimist because I am a Texas Tech fan. So <laughs> I know that somewhere along the way, I'm going to get excited and then last year we got dusted by Rice at home by like twenty points. Yeah. That's going to happen again. It's it's <laughs> going to happen. So I'm going to prepare for for average. I think you're right. I think this is going to be an average team. I think it's going to be a really great stepping stone. And then I think next year we might start to have a little fun again. Hopefully, hopefully so. I miss fun. Fun is good. I only only uh, unfortunately we don't get to have fun too often. Uh, until, uh, with the exception of like the men's side and then baseball, but I want to have fun all over the court, all over the way, and um, I just don't think it's gonna happen this year. Like you said, next year we start having fun. So, anything else you want to say to the people, Kenzie? Um, I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited for my first appearance. Thank you guys for having me on, and can't wait to talk more women's basketball. Kenzie, I am very happy to have you on. I'm glad that we kind of have your own. Um, episode series that we can have you on here i've been wanting to find a way to get you on here more often and so i'm glad that we're able to do so also kenzie has been putting out girl power episodes on ig um so make sure to see that she's been absolutely fantastic with it 
she is. I mean, listen, she is the number one women's sport, Texas Tech women's media person in social media. Don't let anybody else tell you different. Uh, Everybody's got to catch up. That's that's right. That's right. You're leading the way. We're, we're just we're just glad you're leading the way with us, really, at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, no, but it's it's been it's fantastic. So uh the the Texas Tech women's basketball team, man, this will be a fun year. I mean, there may not be as many wins as we would like, but it is gonna be a very fun year. I think the girls are gonna be very competitive. They're going to fight in a lot of games. Coach Girl is gonna have them fighting a lot of games. And they are, I mean, this is probably the most united, most put together team I've seen from the women's basketball team in a while. So I do think that's going to produce some upsets. I don't know. Maybe we're going to be the ones to upset Baylor, right? I was there in 2012. I'm pretty sure it was 2012. When we upset Brittany Griner and Baylor, we rushed the court. I don't think I've ever seen a rushed court for a women's basketball game, but it was a lot of fun. And I think this team may be able to do to uh, replicate some of that action. So uh, be there or be square, but make sure to listen here to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, powered by Guns Up Nation. As always, stay wrecked, people.